Welcome to Gale Boys, the podcast you're currently listening to, where we talk politics and, in this case, very, very bad people. Uh, I'm Liam, as always, joined with me, my friend and co-host, Jordan. This is probably going to be like the last of the uh, of the Black Pill series, because we've been uh, doing these the last few episodes, and um, even we can only take so much, so... For a while, where it will be more um, pleasant stuff, will be uh, pumping out. This one's not as black pilled as Jimmy Savile. I would say it's a little more sinister than outright disgusting. There's disgusting elements to it, but the the the, the way that this story unravels over the course of decades and the amount of people involved is. It's a fascinating story. This is the Kevin Spacey retrospective for everyone who uh. doesn't know. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, we're not getting those uh, Christmas things he used to do anymore. We thought we uh, might as well fill the void. Yep, we're going to do it for him as he hides wherever he's hiding right now. Um, <laughs> oh boy, this is this is this was a fun episode to research because I had to watch a lot of movies, and one of them, no joke, might be the most embarrassing thing this man has ever done. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but let's get to the news. <laughs> a murderer and a rapist so there's uh, finally a ceasefire in gaza and israel long time coming at the time we're recording this it has been extended by a couple days so the bloodshed's at least slowing down a little bit but uh, this is tensions are still pretty fucking high because this has been this has been a weird month man i've seen a lot of people either go full mask off or you know change their pain it's been a weird time in the world right yeah now. Even though, like, Israel was still very much uh, going hog in the West Bank, yeah, we finally have a ceasefire after, what, like, a month and a half. And I'd be both know that, like, the only reason why this is happening because international pressure has been so fucking, like, hardline. Netanyahu has, like, no choice but to, like, play along with that because the fucking, um, like, crying call from all his supporters is just, yeah, fuck it, just kill them all, including the hostages. Like, yeah, fuck it. Uh... Netanyahu did some um, fucking insane press conference uh, a few days after October 7th and some like guy who was like a quote-unquote like family member of one of the hostages just like stood up and shouted no ceasefire baby kill them all kill them all and uh, yeah. those press conferences Netanyahu is you know, he's pretty bloodthirsty I've seen a lot of his press conferences and doesn't seem like the kind of guy you want to have coffee and a tea with you know he seems like the kind of guy who just a very angry bloodthirsty man like I don't know if it's just but it's it's not a good look I'd say for a, for a dude who's supposed to be like the hero in this situation speaking of the hostage families they were talking about like they got, it got into a huge screaming match. These politicians like, we need to give the death penalty to the hostage takers, and the family screaming like, our fucking family members are being held against their will. Can we get them out and then discuss all this shit later? Like, yeah. clearly did not go the way these politicians wanted it to, and it's a, it's a wild fucking video if if you can watch yeah. it. It's got the disconnect between the pol- the politicians and the civilians in between it all is, is quite is quite wide. 
My favourite take has been from uh, John from Pollard, who uh, said something recently about how like the families of the hostages should just be made to shut up because of kind of ruining the whole um the whole like behind the scenes going on. That's... If you know anything about John from Pollard, that's that is way fucking funnier than just like some like regular um, Israeli politician talking. Uh, oh, literally the only fucking like Israeli to be like charged of uh, espionage in the United States because his crime was so fucking egregious. He'd be like, yeah, you, you have to go to jail. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's that's always fun, man. Just Yeah, everyone, go wake up, go read Wake Up, Rise and Kill if you want to learn more about some fucked up espionage stories about the Mossad and Israel. It's a page turner. But uh, another fun uh, development in Israel uh, right now is Elon Musk. Um, having to go over and kind of kiss Netanyahu's feet after having his little tirade on Twitter that uh, I, I was shocked it hit as hard as it did because I thought, oh, this is just Elon being Elon. But this clearly touched a nerve because advertisers have left and it is he's he went over there and basically just and it's so funny whenever he's in public he looks so stupid like when he went to the mm -hmm. texas border with that fucking cowboy hat and the tight muscle shirt and then he was trying to wear the bulletproof vest that didn't fit him properly and he's just like yeah i like to think that uh bb deliberately gave him a vest that was like way too big for him just to like show him up because if, if you know anything about bb netanyahu is uh He's incredibly vindictive. I believe it. And th that is very funny because he's had to do this twice now. That's the funniest thing about this. This isn't the first time uh, Elon had to go to Netanyahu and apologize in person. For those who don't remember, he tried. He said he was going to sue the ADL because I guess for some reason he was convinced that they were taking ad money from his website. <laughs> and everyone's like, hey, that's that's pretty, uh, pretty open about what you're saying there. And he... He quickly had to apologize, go over to Israel, bring his kid. Like, hey, I'm a good guy. And I, we, yeah. talk, we talked he, about this. Third time's the charm. If he does this again, because he, right now he's Pizzagate posting, which is oh, yeah. fucking hilarious considering this guy's on Epstein's flight list. If you're like an Epstein guy, Pizzagate's probably the last thing you should be talking about. It's like when Trump uh, started talking about QAnon. And people would ask him about it, and I was like, "Come on, man, you're you're fucking there, man." There was like a mountain of photos of you and like the king pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Videos of him just hanging out with him, like <laughs> talking like, "Yeah, yeah." I don't know what they're saying, but they they probably something fucking terrible. But it's just so funny to me. It's just I think it's just people forget what being terminally online truly does to a man or a person, and. Like, this is so funny. We're at the point in, like, a crime documentary of, like, a mass shooter where they showcase all his, like, social media posts and the further he goes down the rabbit hole, then, then it, like, then he goes out and shoots and kills 16 people. We're seeing that in real time, but he's the richest man in the world and he's 50 fucking years old. It's yeah. so fucking like, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, things have, uh, I was actually thinking about this recently as, like, the more, like, internet starts to seep into real life, just the dumber things we'll get. Like, in Argentina, ah. like, a fucking, um, like, ANCAP Bitcoin guy who has just been, like, institutionalized a bunch of times just became the fucking president. Oh, that was so... We, we didn't talk about that in the last episode because nah, um, yeah. literally the night we went to bed, the shit went down. And, you know, we, we both have personal lives, so it's very hard to get back in here and record it. But, you know, I didn't know anything about because I, I had read, like, oh, Argentina election, and then I read more about this guy. And I'm like, 
Oh, this is not a not a good hope. I wouldn't be hopeful for the future of this country if this guy's president. For those who don't know, yeah, he's been institutionalized. He's basically what if a schizo Reddit thread became a human being? That's basically the best way to describe him. He's the kind of guy he would do what the Venezuelan president did and turn the entire country's currency into Bitcoin. But after everything that's transpired with FTX, Bitcoin is a long dead yeah. point. So yeah, that's the, he'll probably do uh, the something old... with AI, or I don't fucking know. He's gonna do yeah. something fucking dumb that even his own party's gonna be like, "What are you doing?" That was the uh, El Salvadoran president uh, Bukele. You're thinking of ah. Ma- Maduro from Bell's, uh Maduro has like fucked up a lot, but he hasn't dumb enough to like convert the entire Venezuelan currency to Bitcoin. This like dumb meme currency that doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, uh, Javier Milen who is literally just, like, a Reddit thread, like, sentient Reddit thread, he fucking, um, he would go to, like, Comic-Cons dressed up as, like, his own, like, ANCAP superhero. I've seen these pictures. They are, they're insane. Yeah, this guy's president now. Look at, the other great picture for those who want to really get a good laugh there, he, Tucker Carlson's, like, for some reason got a picture with this guy, and it is the most, he is, like, I don't know what happened, but his hair is all like, he has like devil horn hair laughing hysterically. It's like, what was going on when this picture was taken? How many bumps of cocaine did you do during this period? Holy shit. And also Tucker's like post uh, Fox News career is just like traveling the world trying to find like the most psychotic like right wingers to, to talk to and, and try and gas up. Because fucking like, yeah, this guy, man, he's... um. He's a far cry from fucking Juan Perón. I'll, uh, I'll um, give you that. Seeing what he truly is, like, he had this veneer on Fox of being, like, you know, a sophisticated newsman, but deep down, he's just a fucking. He's a Twitter troll who yeah. just wants to see people cause disruption. He has no. Like, that's the funniest fucking part of that whole thing is, like, this guy who was supposed to be, like, the second coming, the, the smart, sophisticated, is just a dumbass, like all of them, like everyone yeah. else. And it's. It's humorous to watch, and I'll say this, he has to stick around Twitter now, because I guarantee after all this shit, no fucking reputable news organization will hire him now. I guarantee it. Have you ever seen a King of Queens, the uh, Kevin James comedy from like the early 2000s? You ask me as if I would watch anything with Kevin James yeah. intentionally without a gun to my head, so the answer is no. Yeah, uh, Taco Carlson is, uh, makes a cameo on one of those episodes. Oh, sweet Jesus. And it's... Uh, yeah, Kevin James is like he's having some nightmare about being like a rich aristocrat who moves into like a big New York penthouse. His big nightmare is fucking like he has to start mingling with Tucker Carlson and talking about politics, oh, and then he funny. wakes up to his uh. Yeah. Okay, that's actually kind of funny. I'll give him that. Yeah. Okay, that's actually fucking kind of uh. Jerry Stiller, uh, Jerry Stiller's in it, fucking Ben's dad, and yeah, he just he just elevates everything he's in. Oh, yeah. Like, he's one of the best parts about that fucking Zoolander movie. Festivus, the entirety of Festivus comes from him. <laughs> R.I.P. to a legend, man, god yeah. damn it. He also had this amazing, if you look at, like, old movies he did in the 70s, particularly, like, I think it was Airport 75, he wore, like, a 70s cokehead Miami Vice look to him that's, like, god damn, so fucking cool. Jerry Stiller is just one of the fucking coolest men who ever lived. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. is a real one. In an interview with BuzzFeed, Rapp said Spacey invited him to his Manhattan apartment for a party and made the sexual advance after everyone had left. 
He picked me up like a groom picks up the bride over the threshold, but I don't like squirm away initially because I'm like, what's going on? And then he lays down on top of me. He was trying to seduce me, Rap told BuzzFeed. Rap is currently in the cast of the TV show Star Trek Discovery. Spacey, who's won Oscars for The Usual Suspects and American Beauty, also said Rap's story encouraged me to address other things about my life. Continuing in his statement, Spacey added, As those closest to me know, in my life I have had relationships with both men and women. I choose now to live as a gay man. I want to deal with this honestly and openly, and that starts with examining my own behavior. That statement also drawing criticism from many who say Spacey's apology should not have been tied to the revelation of his sexual orientation. In a statement to NBC News, Rapp says, I came forward with my story, standing on the shoulders of the many courageous women and men who have been speaking out to shine a light and hopefully make a difference, as they have done for me. Speaking of um, weird comedy bits that uh, kind of goes to his part, the guy we're going to be talking about today is, um, he's a... Uh, I would say, like, up until, like, fairly recently, he was one of my favourite actors. And then he started doing some, some like, talking cat movie made by Harry Sonnerfeld. Does someone have compliment on you or something? Like, yeah, probably, but, yeah. yeah. Um, your, your suspicions were correct, I'd argue, because that's not the first time he will be blackmailed into something. But as we talked about, it's Kevin Spacey. Um, one of his, I, he was an actor I also very much respected. I very much enjoyed him. And, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of shit happened around 2017, 2018, where just everything came out. And it's it's so funny to me. The last two movies he did were, like, before a dark cloud would hang over everything before that and after was the Talking Cat movie and Baby Driver, where he says... He stole my Mercedes. Had a lot of merch in it. I watched him do it, too. I didn't stop him, though, because I was just blinded by the balls on that kid. Balls on that kid, yeah. Oh, man, that... A part of me wonders, did Edgar Wright actually know any of that shit? Because that movie has two pedophiles in it as well, by the way. He's not the only one who's got some shit in the closet. And I think uh, Jamie Foxx got, uh, just got got as well. So, this, you're, you're fucking free for free, Edgar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh... Burn the negatives, Edgar. I'm yeah. sorry. I, 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 dig your, I dig Shaun of the Dead, dig your other shit. We gotta burn this. We gotta... <laughs> We'll get into it when we get to Usual Suspects, but that movie, I think, right now is too free, Yeah. so... If Kevin Pollock's accused of anything, I've got my lighter and blowtorch ready. But yeah, so yeah. Kevin Spacey is, a, we're going to kind of go through his whole career because this is a fascinating, this is like our Seagal episode. You, you peel this onion back and you really see how twisted and fucked up it is. And we're going to start with his childhood, which I did not know much about until I started doing research for this. When I was reading this, I had a Poirot type moment where I was like, ah, the mystery becomes clear. <laughs> Um, he, he, so his brother penned this article and talking about, this is right after everything came out and his brother was talking about, basically trying to explain why is your, why is Kevin, your brother, uh, being accused of this shit? And he comes out with this shit where he's talking about, uh, their father was a neo-Nazi who sexually abused them. His mom basically did nothing. And it's a, it's a, it's a pretty harrowing account of, you know, obviously this is a, a horribly abusive home and. You know, that happens all around the world. you got to feel sympathy for it. But as we'll find out through the rest of this episode, this uh, man deserves zero sympathy or respect. So <laughs> That seems to be a, a thoroughfare for a lot of, like, Hollywood pedophiles like Stephen Collins. I know um, 
he did like an interview where he said like as a 10 year old he would be like sexually abused by like a 40 year old Italian temptress or whatever and it's like damn this uh, sucks for you I guess but um, yeah I know I know his brother isn't a pedophile he's he's just eccentric like he likes to dress up as Molly Wonka and shit and that's how he like imbibed it it's like um mysterious skin the new uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie how those two kids like like embed being abused by their coach. And that's the thing about a story like this is that it goes one of two ways. You survive it and you become an inspiration or an eccentric and you you know you can use that as a stepping stone and empower other people or you get on this show or you get on a crime documentary because that's another weird thing where um, I read this all the time when it comes to like murderers and rapists. It's, it always goes back to childhood. Something happens that fucking flips a switch in their brain and it never gets flipped off and they just and it just it just ruins them and turns them into monsters themselves and part of it's like the bad seed theory too because there are people who don't get abused as children and then come out as monsters it's the psychology is something we can't even begin to get into but it's a fascinating little intro to the story and i think really really sets the tone of what's to come i was saying like the bad seed kids like a Macaulay Culkin and the Good Child, they, um, they do exist, but most like, high-profile guys you see were like fucked with his kids, and it is, um, it is tragic, but at the same time, like you're, you're just going to like inflict that on the world, either because like, you think that's normal, or you babe, like the world has to pay for my suffering or something, like a fucking Batman film. The abused becomes the abuser. Uh, so he starts his career in earnest on stage. He is a theatre, he gets a start primarily doing plays and things like that. He actually wins a Tony Award during the early 90s, which gets the, um, which gets the attention of some filmmakers. But yeah, a lot, of these, a lot of these thespian actors, they start on stage. Yeah, he starts his career kind of small, doing bit parts. He's in Heartburn, Working Girl. Uh, he, for, for those who've not seen it, uh, the, the, Michael, the Mike Nichols film Heartburn, there's a weird scene where Kevin Spacey is just like staring creepily at a woman on a subway and uh, boy. First the time we see him on screen is probably the most. It's perfect. It's perfect for what's about to come. <laughs> His career is uh, very bog standard. From stage to TV, he does like an episode of uh, The Equalizer. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, if you remember that, the um, like the show the Denzel movies are based on. And then he um. Stops like I would say like his first big movie is a uh, Grand Gaddy, Grand Ross. Before we get into that, um, he does a movie on TV uh, called Fall from Grace. <laughs> the title of this episode, I'd argue. I think I will make it the title of this episode unless I come up with something better. But uh, he does a movie called Fall from Grace, where he plays Jim Baker. This is during yeah. the scandal that broke out of Jim Baker cheating on his wife and committing fraud. And my curiosity led me to some really fucking weird places. This episode, yeah. I watched two movies that he directed that I would never have watched otherwise, and because it's like a lifetime movie too. So the idea of like a lifetime Jim Baker movie, I love those bad like straight to TV biopics. They're the funniest fucking shit ever. I don't know if you've seen like any- that's like a byproduct of the nineties when like prestige TV is taking off, so like cable companies can afford like big names, and they're like made for tv slightly better than hallmark movies as a few of i did watch the jim baker movie because it's it's on youtube a uh, pretty decent copy and um yeah he does like a pretty decent southern accent which you could tell was like the basis for a uh, 
his house of Carl's trick. Also, um, theory about Jim Baker is um, he raped the like woman he was having an affair with, um, Jessica Han, which is like yeah. Um, if, if, you, if you're gonna get some like any actor to play Jim Baker, yeah, Kevin Spacey. So he does some small roles here and there. He does an episode of Crime Story, Michael Mann's TV show, but he really gets noticed when he does Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, which is an absolute excellent movie. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, by David Mamet, one of the best casts in the history of film. Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, um, also someone who's got some skeletons in there. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, Jonathan Price, and this new guy, Kevin Spacey, is just in the middle of it. And I think it's a great showcase for him at the time, because it really does show. Like, he can hold his own with absolute fucking titans of, of talent. It, you know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass balls to sell real estate. When Mamet didn't lose his complete fucking mind and actually knew how to write shit. And you, you know the movie if you've seen it. It's fantastic. This is uh, before 9-11, before uh, David Mamet goes insane. One of my favourite Mamet movies from the 90s is um, House of Games oh, yeah. with, uh, with Fat Tony. Oh. And uh, yeah, the fucking script of that is so fucking weird. Also directed that too. <laughs> oh yeah. No, House of Games is fantastic. Uh, he, he has a weird career after this. He wrote, just to go on a little bit here, he wrote the original Hoffa film with Jack Nicholson. Uh, nice. Wag the Dog, which we will definitely do an episode. We wrote it at some point. At some point. Ronan, he co-wrote that, um, and then 9-11 happens. And yeah. Kind of goes insane. But yeah, one of those great, one of the great original screenwriters of his generation. But you can have a robot recite David Mamet dialogue, and it would sound great. But, you know, after this, he is, you know, he gets a profile. He stars in a movie called The Ref, which Christmas is coming up, and I'm going to give it a rewatch because it's one of the great... Um, counter-programming Christmas movies. It's a movie about Dennis Miller as a burglar breaking into a house on Christmas Eve and he takes this family hostage and this family drives him to the point of madness. You think every time I look in the mirror I shout, gee, I'm glad I'm me and not some 19-year-old billionaire rock star with a body of an athlete and a 24-hour erection? No, I don't! So just excuse the shit out of me! Ted Demi directed it, who is uh, Jonathan Demi's brother who also has passed away, unfortunately. So, actually, yeah. uncle, John the Debbie's his uncle. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of these great, like, it's it's very funny. It's very nihilistic um, Christmas movie. If, if you haven't seen it and you want some counter-programming, it's, it's absolutely worth a watch, if you can stand the fact it stars a pedophile. Also, uh, Dennis Miller, another uh, guy to go and see after 9-11, yeah. which is, uh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's... Man, it's so funny when you look back on all those old 90s movies. You find out, man, all these people are either absolute monsters or pieces of shit. One of the two. The 90s was um, a real fucking like, turning point. We'll get into Brian Singer in a minute, but that was like the 90s was the opportunity for new directors to come into Hollywood and fill the, um, the space of guys hanging around for too long, like the byproducts of the 70s. And yeah, sometimes that works and sometimes it, uh, it it doesn't. Well, yeah. was like uh, he came out for at the same time like Tarantino did. With the Sundance had just started to get big, so that's where a lot of these directors got noticed. And this is before the time when the guy would make a movie at Sundance, and rather than get to make something bigger or better, they just said, "Now you got to go direct a Marvel movie to actually go make." Yeah. Make. Uh, but it, like that was that weird period, and yeah, '95. This is the year. This is a big year. This isn't the peak, but this is the. 
probably the the in terms of raw bangers, this is this is the year for Kevin Spacey. Uh, he stars in Outbreak, well, a, a movie that's aged, I think, better now than it did almost thirty years ago. The entire premise of that is like a little monkey bites someone and winds up killing half the planet, which is uh, which is very funny. I mean, but uh, in a post-COVID world, it's kind of uh, it's definitely got a, a bit more juice than it otherwise would. It's got a fucking wild cast too. Just an absolute. Oh yeah, Morgan Freeman is spell turning up. Dustin Hoffman, Rena, Rena Russo, Cuba Gooding Jr., Patrick Dempsey, Donald Sutherland. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He's in that. He gets killed fairly quickly. So if you want to watch a movie where Kevin Spacey dies painfully, it's up there. Because uh, yeah, that and Baby Driver. Uh, I actually rewatched Baby Driver recently, and the way he dies in that is like I Edgar Wright like intentionally made his death like horrific because fucking John Hamm like drives over his body a bunch of fucking times. How satisfying is that, John Hamm? <laughs> Fucking rules. But actually, there's one coming up that we'll get into that's even better. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but the movie that uh, that really is for me the real winner of this, and he's not even credited when this movie came out. He's still not credited on it. But this is this is the performance of all Kevin Spacey lore. This is the one that's aged the best. John Doe from fucking Seven. Yeah. This performance. It's even better now, knowing everything we know about Kevin Spacey, how fucked up he is in this. Like, just literally talking about how, like, everything I've done will be analyzed and no one will understand the kind of monster I am. And what I've done is going to be puzzled over and studied and followed forever. Yeah. Shit, man, you you predicted the future with this movie. The uh, the Kaiser Sose stuff in Usual Suspects is pretty funny, but yes, yeah, Seven is like That's the one that I think really. Yes, yeah, Seven is like the keystone to to the Spacey mythos. His name doesn't appear in the opening credits because Fincher wanted to like leave it intentionally vague. He's not in any of the trailers. He like literally just turns up at the end and fuck, man. Steals the movie too. Just like out, like I have to say, this is a. Amazing performance. Like, say what you want. That's the thing about Kevin Spacey revisiting. He's a genuinely talented actor, and that just makes all the shit so much more yeah. fucking infuriating. Yeah. Do you know um, the reason why Spacey is cast in this? Originally, um, Fincher wanted Ali Army, who would uh, go on to play another character. It was actually Brad Pitt that insisted on getting Spacey. Which is, uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's one that's worse coming up in terms of yeah. I want Kevin Spacey instead of. <laughs> it comes up, I will get to it. It's probably the one that's aged the worst out of every one of these movies. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, then we'll get into that. Usual Suspects, which gets him Best Supporting Actor. It's Brian Singer's big movie. Um, Brian Singer will definitely have an episode. Absolutely. Yeah, we will be doing uh, Open Secret uh, next year after uh, right. after the Because uh, uh, that was, uh, the of Open Secret like was well respected until she did that movie, and now she goes on Infowars. It's it, yeah. the movie destroyed her, and uh, I would say if I if I did half of what she did for that movie, I too would lose my mind. So. It's very funny how she'd be given like awards for directing a Catholic church expose, but when it comes time to uh, Exposing Hollywood, it's like, yeah, sorry, we, uh, we don't know you anymore. Yeah. The documentary is excellent, too. Uh, West of Memphis. Oh, yeah. did not see Peter Jackson produced it. Very fucking, very good. But, yeah, Usual Suspects. I've never actually rewatched it. I was going to for this, but I just kind of thought, yeah, I'm good. Like, it's just, 
I don't know. It's just one of those movies. Like I know Christopher McQuarrie has brought up. He's he doesn't look back fondly on it because obvious fucking reasons between Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey, kind of a fucking uh, poison batch, but. It, it was a big hit. It was one of those like peak like '90s indie movies. It was all hip and cool and yeah. It's one of the it's one of the, the quintessential like this movie kills at Sundance peak Sundance. It's like Reservoir Dogs, you know, just absolutely yeah. killed there for a reason. Yeah, that and Pulp Fiction are like the early '90s movies. Unknown fucking directors. Like, they make that one thing and that just propels them to the fucking heights of uh, heights of power. No, it's um, it's great. Um, yeah, but he wins an Oscar, so he's already a big name now. He wins Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, anyway, uh, he also, at this time next year, uh, 96, he does two films. He stars in Time to Kill, which is fucking hilarious. It's the Joel Schumacher uh, uh, lawyer film about uh, Matthew McConaughey. Hell yeah. Uh, it's about Kevin Spacey's uh, defending a pedophile who killed <laughs> daughter. It's aged very well. Do you think men who kidnap a child should be free in 10 years? No, sir. Do you think two men who rape a child should be free in 10 years? No, sir. It's a quite a haunting performance, knowing what would come. I watched that movie uh, a couple of weeks ago because it was like on TV randomly, and yeah, fucking um, another great cast as well, Sam Jackson giving a fucking tour de force. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell! Like, that was like Joel Schumacher in like peak commercial period. Yeah, yeah. And then Batman and Robin kind of ruined it for Yeah. Batman Forever was a massive hit. He um he got to do his like one for one, um one for me, one for you for Hollywood, and then he does Batman and Robin, and that fucks him up until uh, for a while. Time to Kill is actually a very good movie. Like I hate this. Oh great man! It's a very solid like, it's like that one line where Matthew McConaughey is like, now imagine she's white. The Kate no. defense restaurant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Around this time, Time to Kill is being made. Kevin Spacey wants to become a director, and he directs a movie called Albino Alligator. I'm sure none of you have heard of this, but I watched it, because my library has a DVD, and I read it, because this was just too fucking good to pass up, because <laughs> I thought, a pedophile directing a neo-noir who's not Roman Polanski, I'm curious, and it's not good. It's really not that great. It's... It's got a pretty good cast, actually. It's got uh, Matt Dillon, Faye Dunaway, Gary Sinise, William Fickner, Vigo Mortensen, uh, Skeet Ulrich, which is still one of the saddest names in the history of Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah, you sound like a fucking, uh, like, game kids would play in fucking, uh, like, piece that he is. That or a gay porn star. Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Come on, talk about, like, hip 90s indie. This is about as egregious as it gets. He really is, like, he's trying to copy Tarantino and is just not doing a great job. But it's not a badly directed movie. The cast is good. It, it actually got me curious. Like, he directed one other film. I was like, I'm curious to see his other shots as a director. And then I watched this film, and I immediately regretted having that thought in my head when we get to it, because it is... Oh, boy, I can't wait to describe this. Spacey has a lot in common with a uh, friend of the show, Steven Seagal, and that he's um, a man of many talents. He's also a singer as well. He has two or three Sinatra covers or something, like Bobby Darren covers. Also likes to dance. Because he worked on he worked in Broadway and a lot of those guys. You have to learn how to sing if you're gonna fucking try to make it on Broadway, obviously, so Yeah. But it's uh but yeah, no, Albinog 
It doesn't derail his career. It's an interesting failure. People say, like, yeah, you know, it's Kevin Spacey. 97, he does L.A. Confidential, which fucking... Hell yeah. I love this fucking movie. Everyone jokes, like, how dare Titanic win Best Picture over this. <laughs> I love you, Cameron, but Curtis Hansen kicked your ass that year. Yeah. It's okay. There's one scene in this movie that has burrowed itself into my brain. James Cromwell, who's eventually shown to be the villain, uh, shoots Kevin Spacey. Now, back in 97... This is a shocking moment of betrayal. The audience gasps. Now you watch it, you're like, fuck yeah, James Cromwell. Yeah, fuck yeah. That pedophile. The old farmer from a Babe picking the city goes hog and kills a half pedophile Kevin Spacey. It's good stuff. I love how like, that scene in particular, the entire tone of that scene has changed within the span of the couple of years that this has been out. But, you know, it's a great movie, though. Fucking uh, Russell Crowe when he was still young and kind of hunky and... Guy Pierce doing a good job, yeah. and it's, it's a damn good movie. I know uh, we were supposed to get a sequel with um, another R.I.P. legend recently, Chadwick Boseman, doing about like 2017, 18 or something, and then yeah, that just um, that went nowhere fast, which is uh, kind of a trip. I, I mixed on the idea, but I kind of wish it happened, just because I yeah, yeah. Boseman's one of the great like. Fuck man, what could have been had you not yeah. had cancer when you were making Black Panther? Fuck. God, yeah. What a sad story that guy is. Fuck. Probably confidential. He does another movie that I don't give a shit about. Midnight of the Garden of Good and Evil. I didn't watch it. I don't care. Uh, Clint Eastwood directed it, so that's quite funny. But uh, he does The Negotiator. He retweets. Hell yeah. I like this movie quite a bit. This is F. Gary Gray, one of the great journeyman directors. And it's just a damn good action movie all around. It's written by the guy who created the Purge series. Fucking Sam Jackson takes like an office building hostage. There's, there's, there's like two sets in that entire movie. It's uh, it's very premise driven, but also a very fun movie. But also, also a rare uh, Kevin Spacey playing the good guy role, because uh, which he doesn't do that often, funnily enough. It's, it's one of those great '90s action thrillers because got um, David Morris in it too, who's like. One of the great bad guy actors. You know who I am? Yeah. The guy from Green Mile. You'll know him if you see him. But it's a real, like, and F. Gary yeah. Gray is just one of those great, like, he's one of those weird directors where you don't know him for one specific film, but he's got quite a filmography. He directed Set It Off, The Italian Job, Law Abiding Citizen, which I would love to mm-hmm. do this program at one point because it is one of the most fucking insane movies I've ever seen. That's the movie where Gerard Butler is basically playing a Saw villain. He kidnaps a white supremacist, pulls out a box cutter, and says, now This is for your penis. We'll get to that later. It's one of those perfect, like, 2010s uh, action movies before uh, Hollywood, like, started fucking itself. It's, um, it's good stuff, man. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's favorite movie. I know uh, Fuck yeah. it's huge among, like, QAnon forms. Yeah, of course the fucking is. People quote it where they quote the Gerard Butler line I'm going to pull the whole thing down. I'm going to bring the whole fucking diseased, corrupt temple down on your head. It's got to be biblical. It's funny seeing like a Jared Butler quote like stamped over like a picture of Trump looking like vaguely menacing. It's, uh... Uh, he also voices Hopper in A Bug's Life, which is basically just seven nice. right with bugs. Fucking Bug's Life, yeah, that's uh... Like one of the like early big Pixar movies, I can like barely remember anything of it except the end when he gets like fed to little uh, little baby birds. Well, what would you say is better, uh, Ants or Bugs Life? 
honest to God, I I I don't. I'll probably go Buzzlave because Ants has Woody Allen as the lead. <laughs> No way, it's not a good option, but at least the villain, no. at least the villain's the pedophile in Bugs Life, not the lead. So yeah, yeah, I'll definitely take that one at least. At least yeah, Prodigy and Hackman from Ants. At least the rapist <laughs> is supposed to be the villain. Yeah, no oh boy. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough call. I haven't. I don't think I've actually seen Ants. It's a fucking weird movie because it's like yeah, Woody Allen playing this like. Doing a fucking kids animated movie. That's another fucking insane cast as well. Uh, Sliced alone. Uh, Christopher Walken. Gene Hackman's the bad guy. Uh, oh man. Oh, almost let him watch it as a curiosity. <laughs> 1999 comes around, and this is this is what this is this is Grace. This is the peak of Kevin Spacey's career. Uh, he stars in American Beauty, which mm. is him the Oscar. Obviously, big hit. Um, now, it's one of those movies that's aged like absolute fucking shit. Well, what do you say I throw in a little sexual harassment charge to boot? <laughs> Against who? Against you. Can you prove that you didn't offer to save my job if I let you blow me? For those who've not seen it, it's all about a horny as shit bored like that's one of my favorite openings of any of these movies look at me jerking off in the shower <laughs> i do like how spacey goes from playing like an epic serial killer to like the most cocked man on earth the fucking scene where he's at like the mcdonald's drive-thru serving his uh wife it's got some moments but it's one of those movies the entire the entire point of this movie is Kevin Spacey wants to bang a cheerleader. Now, first of all, it's a girl, so obviously she's safe, so yeah. nothing to worry about. What are you doing? Nothing. You were masturbating. Oh, all right, so shoot me. I was whacking off. That's right, I was choking the bishop, chafing the carrot, you know, saying hi to my monster. They, they should remake this with like a twink instead, just to add fuel to the fire. Yeah. I kind of would like that, actually. <laughs> Gay man remake of American Beauty. Isn't that just like, call me by your name, now that I think about it? It's just more uncomfortable. Uh, probably call me by your name, because um, not only is like Army Hammer and shit, but like the guy that wrote the book that's based off of is like, yeah, just an orphan pedophile. So, yeah. I get why Luca Guadagnino's done everything in his power to escape that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> disturbing shit for the next five years. American Beauty, um, directed by Sam Mendes, who's, he's gonna come up when we do our Bond, uh, retrospective when we get to the Craig era. He's a weird, he's an odd duck, this guy, because he's like one of those, like, pretentious British prestige directors. He did this, he did Road to Perdition, Re uh, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road. And then he does two Bond movies. One of them is uh, significantly better than the other, but we'll, we'll get to that next month. He's like an Oscar bait movie. And he's right fucking there, right to answer the phone. But uh, when, when I was reading about this, one of the things that got me was he wanted... So the studio kept wanting, like, a more mainstream-friendly actor. They wanted, um, they wanted everyone from, like, Bruce Willis to... I think Chevy Chase was also offered at one point, which would have been a very- But for American Beauty? Yeah. Fuck me, man. <laughs> that would have been fucking- <laughs> Was this, like, natural lamp in six or something, when, uh, Chevy Chase just goes insane and wants to fuck a teenager, like, uh... The cast is weird. You had Kevin Costner, John Travolta, um, 
Uh, but yeah, no, uh, apparently Sam Mendes fought tooth and nail to get um, Spacey in the role. Because he's the only one who could do this. In a way, he was kind of right. I mean... Yeah, yeah, he's... Uh... Not a good look in the future when what comes out. Like, I want this guy, but... Wins. Yeah, proper stages. It's funny he wins the Oscar for that. Just playing some, like, regular guy. What's the fucking uh, Oscars loves doing? He wins the Academy Award. This movie makes $300 million. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, fucking, we, we've talked about, like, you wouldn't see that now. In the 90s, like, films like this would make, like, a billion dollars. Just these dumb fucking bog standard fucking movies. Uh. It's so fucking awesome that, like, <laughs> how it literally, like, a movie like this now makes no money. Like, yeah, I, no, I, no. I thought about this recently. Munich was considered a, like, a non-commercial movie for Spielberg to make. And it's made, it made more money than any movie he's made in the last, like, ten years. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking wild how much shit changes yeah. in a decade. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Obvi yeah, obviously, big fucking hit, wins the Academy Award. This is it. We're at the top of the mountain. There'll be ups. But we're gonna slide down pretty fucking fast from this point forward because it gets pretty not great at this point. Um, after this, he does pay it forward. Which have you ever heard of this movie? I've never woke up and thought, hmm, "I'm gonna watch this movie." <laughs> it, it seems it seems like a home. It seems like a hallmark movie that's just like because it has Kevin Spacey and it, it gets a theatrical release. It's it's one of the, it's a weird movie because it's about a kid who writes a bunch of letters, but it has one wild fucking ending where, um, so Kevin Spacey fucks his mom, fucks Haley Joel Osment's mom, which is oh, weird yeah. as shit because he's the teacher. Which okay, why are you fucking your student's mom? And then these bullies stab Haley Joel Osment to death in the schoolyard, murder the mm. child star, and then there's like a big candlelight vigil in the house. It's like so this, this heartfelt movie about. You know, paying it forward ends with child yeah. murder. It's quite I'm, a weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the poster and it now. I don't know. Like, it gives like zero indication that <laughs> it would like make a child murder. It's fucking. Man. I just I remember watching it years ago, but I remember that ending just sticking with me. I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck? Yeah. Where did this come it's, from? I I do enjoy insane fucking early two thousands movies like um again like The Good Child or something. Which ends with Macaulay Culkin getting thrown off a cliff to his death, and, that, and that's the end of that. I love how that's treated triumphantly too, because he's a murderer. It's like, yes, yeah. he killed the child yeah. for Paul Malone. Woo! Yeah, like, fuck yeah. I kind of, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig that how twisted those old movies. Are. The guy who directed it did the stepfather and shit. Was like a director, <laughs> so it's a very weird. Yeah. The peak's over. He not, not, not nothing in particularly interesting. He does K-Pax, which is. Mm. That movie's aged pretty bad too, because it's also like Kevin Spacey's hiding a secret. What could it be? <laughs> it's more like having your nuts in a vice, except we feel it all over. And to make matters worse, the sensation is associated with something like your nausea, accompanied by a very bad smell. The moment of climax is like being kicked in the stomach and then falling into a pool of mott droppings. One of my favorite uh, covers to a magazine, it would probably be the thumbnail to this, is. Um... I, I sent this to you as the like the entertainment weekly thing of like Kevin Spacey has a secret and it's uh yeah so it's uh, weird because it's a movie about Jeff Bridges hospital and Kevin Spacey may or may not be an alien 
It's a weird movie. The only scene I remember is him eating corn on the cob hole. That's another movie I'd like to remake, but the twist is he's just a pedophile. This is the best performance of this kind of lull period for Mr. Spacey. He stars in the opening to Austin Powers' gold member. <laughs> you better watch your friggin' self because this is one doctor who does make house calls. Still one of the weirdest openings of any movie I've ever seen, where it's Tom Cruise, Gwyneth Paltrow, Danny DeVito, and... Kevin Spacey, which is... I was actually watching the, uh, the, like, Beyoncé song from that, uh, earlier on, and, um, yeah, I, I fucking forgot Kevin Spacey was in the opening to that, because, like, it opens up like a, like, regular Awesome Powers movie, and then fucking Tom Cruise shows up, and then Spacey, and it's like, man, fucking, uh... You love the scene with Danny DeVito with the cigar and the Uzi, that is very... <laughs> Yeah, fuck. After this, it's like he's in a movie called Life of David Gale, which is about a death row activist who's on death row. Not interesting. Uh, but then he does the movie. This movie... Uh, this movie broke my brain when I watched this, because this was available for free on YouTube. I had to do this. Beyond the Sea, his second stab at the director's chair. He produced it, he co-wrote it, he directed it, and he starred in it. He plays Bobby Darin, and it is... I don't even know how to describe this, because on the surface, it's a pretty straightforward music biopic about Bobby Darren, but it's also like one part bubblegum musical, one part serious drama. He breaks the fourth wall several times. I have no uh... idea what the tone of this movie is supposed to be. And I showed you this. Now, I want everyone listening to this. Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the clip. I might even post it in the, in the description. I'll post a couple things in the description, but there is a dance number in this with Kevin Spacey in a banana yellow suit. Full with, with backup dancers doing a choreographed dance. It is one of the most surreal, bizarre things. I, I I just, I don't understand. It's just, it's so humiliating and embarrassing that if you, you would, if you hate Kevin Spacey and you've not seen this, you would be denying yourself something really special. It's absolutely fucking embarrassing. Yeah, I, I kind of knew about this movie, and I had I had like zero intention of ever watching it. But yeah, I'm looking at like bits and pieces of it, and it looks like you you you're just making this so you do like um a musical. Because I can't imagine like fucking John Doe from Seven is getting many offers to do musical numbers. It was like a passion project for a while too. He really wanted to get this thing made. I I don't know. Yeah. I guess because yeah, as you said, he's multi-talented. He likes to dance. He likes to sing and. He's, it's, it's, it's not good. Save yourself the time and energy, unlike me. And I did watch the clip you sent me of, like, his song and dance number, and it reminds me of, um, the Ace Rothstein, uh, dancers from Casino, when fucking, uh, <laughs> the, the intro to fucking, uh, De Niro's talk show that he does. It, it, he's dressed like he's gonna be in Casino, he's got, <laughs> like, and no one else is dressed like this? I'm like, what no. the fuck is happening? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> uh, fuck. So during this period, he stars also in a movie called Edison. Now, you've never heard of this movie, and there's a reason for that. It went straight to video. You should teach. What? Well, you're the one that said you needed a woman. The only guys your age I know having sex regularly are college professors. And this gets into a theory I have with, uh, particularly, we talked about Nine Lives earlier. Um. I believe Blackmail was involved, because Avi Lerner is the producer on this, and Avi Lerner, for those who don't know, is the head of Millennium Pictures. He's known to be a bit of a fucking scumbag. 
And I firmly believe he knew something, gave Kevin Spacey a dossier file and said, you will be in my shitty cop movie that I'm shooting with Morgan Freeman and goddamn. The cast of this is fucking bizarre. It's Morgan Freeman, LL Cool J, Justin Timberlake, and then Kevin Spacey's just in the middle of them. Like, hey, guys. If, if you're fresh off an Oscar fucking win from a computer, you you don't have to do a movie like this, at least for like a while where anyway, there is like compromise involved in this. It's the kind of movie you do if you're washed up. And I know he doesn't have to do this, why I think it's why I think it's blackmail, because right after this he's in Superman Returns, he reteams Oh fuck yeah. He reteams with Brian Singer. It complete I've never seen it and I have no desire to watch it because it's looks boring as shit, I hate to say. Dina Superman returns a few times, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's supposed to be playing like Gene Hackman because it's supposed to be like a sequel to Superman or something, like the Christopher Reeve movie. Yeah, it's boring as shit. He he fucking handed off X Men Three to Brett Ratner so he could go fuck up Superman. Uh, well done, Brian. You fool. I hate to say it, I've seen X Men Three. I haven't seen this, so. I would say X-Men 3 is better than Superman Returns. Yeah, it's also, um, reading this, it's also Kevin Spacey's highest grossing film as a lead, as a lead because it made four, almost $400 million. And Kevin Spacey is not known to do, like, big... Like, he does mainstream movies, but he doesn't do, like, big blockbuster $200 million movies like this. So this was a pretty... This is a pretty big outlier in his filmography, if I were to say. Yeah. There's, there's also a Superman Returns video game, and uh, Spacey Returns to the voice of that, so uh, yeah, one of uh, one of two voice credits from uh, Mr. Spacey. I can't wait to bring up that one, because that one's got some fun shit, and I've actually played it, I actually did play it, because I was curious, and uh, I actually played it before all the shit came out. It's a fun game, it's like, I know, um... The Arkham, like Batman Arkham guys, uh, Rockstead or something wanted to do a Superman game. And it's just like, yeah, just take Superman Returns and slap a, a modern sheen on it because it's uh, it pretty fun. I was talking about the Call of Duty game. Ah, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. I, I completely fucking forgot about that because that's like late stage Call of Duty, man. He's basically just playing Frank, uh, Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood, yeah. He's playing Frank Underwood if he ran a PMZ group. That's all he's fucking Yeah. No, we'll get to that, but, uh, yeah, Superman Returns was, like, his, like, big hurrah, and then he starts doing some weird stuff after that. Yeah, uh, this is kind of a lull. He does Fred Claus, which... Yeah. I don't know what it is that you're into, but there's something real kind of creepy about you. And all I know is ever since you got here, my brother's been getting a little bit nervous and acting a little jumpy. That's wonderful. 21, which I only know about because it, it's they whitewashed the story. It's an Asian guy, and they made him white. It's pretty offensive. Mm. Uh, he does Moon. He's the voice of uh, in Moon. He does Men That Stare at Goats, which sucks. Not a good movie. Uh, he's in Margin Call, which is actually pretty fucking good. That's one of the better post like, 2008 uh, financial crash. Uh, financial crash. Fuck me. Uh, financial crash movies. Uh, also, a very sad cast: Jeremy Irons, Stanley Tucci, uh, Paul bunch of people. It's uh, very good. Um, uh, does horrible bosses, which is... Yeah, that's, that's basically playing himself. I was just trying to be polite. So what? If I, uh, was gonna put my balls in honey and shaved coconut, you'd do that too? I would not. Sure? Yeah. Because I've got some coconut. Actually playing himself very well, too. He's actually very funny in this movie. Uh, they, yeah. they did... And then does, like, and then just does... He... A lot of these movies really do feel like blackmail. He does Casino Jack, which... <laughs> 
Ultramoth is going to come up in a bonus episode. I won't explain how, but it's it's a very fun story how he's evolved in this. Because I know those guys at Justice, and they jerk off thinking about guys like you. They'll be jumping up and down like little kids who need to go to the camp. Let's fire Ultramoth. I've never seen Casino Jack, but it's always been on my uh, radar because Abramhoff is. As a figure, it's always fascinated me. All the fucking fingers he had and all those pies is, uh, is fucking fascinating, man. Of African money he definitely took. So 2017, he has, like, after Casino Jack, he does, like, two more quote-unquote, like, high-profile movies, and then the, like, proverbial shit hits the wall. So he does, we brought this up, he does Nine Lives, which... <laughs> Obviously. Have you ever seen that? I, I've, I've thought about watching it. It's like a fucking 90s movie that was like somehow made like five years ago. It's fucking wild, man. I, I, I do know uh, he plays like his credit is Mr. Fuzzy Pants. So. He's some like shit-heel dad that gets turned into a cat by Christopher Walken. It's, uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fucking Barry Sonnerfeld, uh, the Men in Black guy, absolutely had compliment on that, because... He does, uh, so during this time he also does Baby Driver, which we brought up. I can't help you, baby. You and I are a team. Don't feed me any more lines from Monsters, Inc. It pisses me off. It's one of Sam's favorites. I thought it sounded familiar, you little shit. And that will be the last film of his that is released that does not have a dark cloud over it, because this is when... This is when the interesting shit happens. Um, so, Kevin Spacey, uh, this is uh, during this time, the Me Too movement is in full fucking swing with the um, with Weinstein obviously getting called out. And Anthony Rapp, inspired by this, uh, brings up a little story. He, he tells a story when in 1986, when Rapp was 14, Kevin Spacey was 26, made sexual advances to him while drunk. Which, obviously, not okay. And then more and more people started to come forward. There's a Boston anchor a woman talking about how Kevin Spacey sexually assaulted her son. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss's son also came forward that Kevin Spacey did some bad shit to him. And, oh, and by the way, by the way, all during this time he was working on House of Cards. Which, uh, mm. obviously, we've made alludes to a bunch on this show because it's... There's some brilliant memes to be made from that. I just hate this small ball crap. The most you'll ever make of yourself is blowing men like me. Men with real power. Yes, I can smell the cock on your breath from here. Aren't you gonna wish me a happy father? You don't have any children. Don't I? It's one of those shows that's aged like fine wine because, again, Spacey's essentially just playing himself. Which was, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking, um, Richard Dreyfuss, his son Ben Dreyfuss is, um, one of my favourite Twitter guys, because, uh, he would just, like, go insane occasionally and accuse people of, like, of being, like, some spies or something, just, like, random people he gets into arguments on Twitter. Heroes, man. During this time, obviously, things are, uh, not going well. He's also on, uh, Epstein's flight logs as well. Does have yeah, that? um, fucking Chris Tucker, Bill Clinton, traveling oh. to Africa for some reason. Oh, that's one of my favorite factoids of this entire thing I learned. He's got a small fleet. A Gulfstream 4, a Cessna, and a Boeing 727 with, of course, an in-flight trading room. 
He has a Boeing 727. I'm just wondering now, what do you need a commercial size airliner for? Believe us, it comes in handy when you've got powerful friends to fly around. When Bill Clinton organized a week-long tour of Africa in 2002, Jeff gave him a ride in his personal 727 and took actors Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker along for the trip. Now, for former President Clinton, it was a chance to investigate the problems of AIDS in Africa, and perhaps it was a chance to hang out with some of his big-shot friends. Jet-setting with Bill, all in a day's work for Wall Street moguls. So... Kevin Spacey's in a bad space right now. You have 15 people being accusing you of, of rape. Your, your, his agent dropped him. His talent agency dropped him. Yeah. So how, does, how, how do you solve this problem? Uh, you, um, you make uh, two Christmas episodes reprising your character from House of Cards. And, uh... yeah, this is even better. He comes out and puts out this tweet statement. <laughs> still one of the most... I've heard of a lot of reasons to come out. This is one reason. Uh, he decides, how do I stop this? I'll come out as gay. He sends a tweet that says, I've had relationships with both men and women. I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life. And now I choose to live as a gay man. Yeah, I've, uh, I've loved and been loved. And that also extends to... Um... Yeah, deadling uh, Anthony Rapp in the, uh, on the set of Rent or something. Like, come on, man. So obviously did not get... Let's just say, to say this did not get accepted well would be an understatement. Um, that's, that's probably the worst thing you can say and if you get, like, metered. Because, like, there's two responses to getting metered. You pull a Kevin Spacey and just completely botch it or you just don't address it. And that's how, like... Because I know um, one half of Game Grumps got, like, metered on Twitter, um... A couple of years ago, and he managed to get away with it just by like not addressing it. Well done, dude. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously everything is falling the fuck apart. Kevin Spacey. There's a couple. He releases a film during this period called um, the Billionaires Boys Club. That... Yeah, the fucking. Um, I heard about that. Yeah, that's um, another fucked up cast. Yeah. Israel Elgort. I can't pronounce this guy's name, but he's old. That's old. Gropshit or fucking it's one of those fucking like American German names that's just like completely unpronounceable. My favorite fact about that, so I bring up he's also a pedophile because in twenty twenty he was accused of uh sexually assaulting a seventeen year old girl. Like predators just know each other. You like kids too. Awesome, let's hang out. Cause they did two movies together in the span of a fucking year. And <laughs> I find it so funny also during this time, um I feel so bad for Steven Spielberg, because during this time he was cast as Tony in the West Side Story remake, and Spielberg wanted to make this movie for so long, and literally as it's time to get it ready, all of this shit comes out as like, fuck! And all yeah. the marketing has to hide the fact this guy's in the movie, even though he's playing a very, very big role in it. It's... Yeah. That's what is this movie, if it came out in the 90s, it would have made a bajillion dollars, but yeah, it... It's a rare uh, Spielberg box office bomb. Now, obviously, yeah, he just kind of fades away until Christmas Eve, 2008. <laughs> random YouTube video pops up on his YouTube channel, and this is the greatest performance of Kevin Spacey's entire career. This video, it is bizarre. It is it is it is insane. It is it is a man who has lost his fucking mind. That's the best way to describe it. Oh, sure, they may have tried to separate us, but what we have is too strong, it's too powerful. I mean, after all, we shared everything, you and I. 
I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. And you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. I'm sure everyone's seen it. For those who haven't, he is preparing Christmas dinner in his bunker in Europe because he's hiding <laughs> somewhere. I don't know who's filming this. I like to believe Brian Singer's behind that camera <laughs> filming this fucking thing. But he's talking in character in House in as as Frank Underwood in House of Cards, addressing the allegations and but also not. And then he says he's part of a vast conspiracy that has more to it than him. Of course, some believed everything and had just been waiting with bated breath to hear me confess it all. They're just dying to have me declare that everything said is true and that I got what I deserved. Wouldn't that be easy if it was all so simple? Only you and I both know it's never that simple, not in politics and not in life. But you wouldn't believe the worst without evidence, would you? You wouldn't rush to judgments without facts, would you? If I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not going to pay the price for the things I didn't do. Oh, of course, they're going to say I'm being disrespectful, not playing by the rules, like I ever played by anyone's rules before. Conclusions can be so deceiving. You know the, uh, the theory about the monkeys drinking out of? That has a, a quote from Queen Elizabeth on it. I can't remember the exact quote, but, um, I'll send you something you can stick in the uh, the show notes. With all my heart, I strive to be worthy of your trust. And the fucking like Epstein conspiracy, because um Epstein got got uh, around about the same time as uh as as Spacey puts out this uh, fucking video. It's um him basically saying he has like compromising people. That's basically him telling Hollywood, like, if I go down, I'm taking all of you with me. That's, that's, so, that's, that's how it fucking feels, though, as a video. You wouldn't believe without ever. It's, uh, it, it's very, <laughs> it's very intense. The best comment I read is, this is a thespian who's lost his fucking mind. <laughs> and it has, like, the hilarious, like, cartoon shock sound effect stinger at the end. Like, the shit was edited on iMovie or something. Like, it's just so fucking... That was the sequel he brought out next year in relation to um, one of his uh, accusers dying under mysterious circumstances. He's on two Christmas episodes. The second was uh, Kill Them With Kindness. As we walk into 2020, I want to cast my vote for more good in this world. Ah, yes. I know what you're thinking. Can he be serious? I'm dead serious. And it's not that hard, trust me. The next time someone does something you don't like, you can go on the attack, but you can also hold your fire and do the unexpected. You can kill them with kindness. You're, you're, you are just fucking with us at this point, aren't you? He's in front of a fireplace talking about, like, yeah, be nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next video is sort of him just breaking character, talking about, you know, I've gotten a lot of support. A lot of people have reached out to me this past year and have shared their own struggles. And my ability to be there for them has really only been possible because of my own difficulties. And while it's been a privilege to offer support, 
I have to say, frankly, it's also been beyond my abilities and it's bigger than me because heartbreakingly so many have talked about things having gotten so bad for them that they've contemplated taking in their own lives. And that's enough for me to want to take an entirely different approach this year, to acknowledge their pain and say to anyone out there who's struggling or contemplating that idea, please, please do not take that step. Who the fuck is going to Kevin Spacey asking for support? Who? What is wrong with you people? Surely fucking like irony poison fucking... Uh... The last video is not that interesting. I think there's like an email address or a phone number you can call. I used to obsessively wait on Christmas Eve for any of these. I'm like, this is insane. It's easily the weakest of the trilogy, I'd argue. But uh, he hasn't uploaded anything since. Mostly because his film career is uh, not dead, surprisingly. He's done some stuff recently, which is... Um... Fucking wild. Harvey Weinstein went to jail when he was like the king of Hollywood over this shit. But Spacey's the one who gets to fucking keep doing movies. So he has a couple in the kype here. He he did a movie called um, Man Who Drew God, which is directed by Frank Nero. And uh, Robert Dalvey's in it, so that'll... Oh, yeah. It's made in Italy. Apparently everyone is dubbed over. Cause... But he's got two films in currently in the pipe. Um, he's got Control. We talked about this. It was going to premiere at the UK Film Festival, and uh, everyone was like, "Oh fuck, we 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 gotta get rid of this now." It was supposed to get some like big premiere and um, some like Oxford Cinema or something, but it had to be pulled because um, the guy who uh, ran the place was reminded to yeah, Kevin Spacey's in this, even though he's been uh, felt not guilty in his many uh, yeah, so his numerous styles, They're still like, yeah. This is a breach. Kevin Spacey, he has never been found guilty in a court of law, even though I, I, I'm going to bet dollars to donuts he's guilty of shit of all this. Because as accusers have died, one of them pled the fifth randomly. Uh, evidence has gone missing randomly. Some shady shit. It's, it's like how fucking uh, the, the cameras outside Epstein's cell mysteriously turned off when he, uh, when he quote unquote killed himself. So it's, uh, yeah, um, I'm calling uh, bullshit on the, the evidence stuff there, Kevin, you motherfucker. The saga is not over. Kevin Spacey currently says, well, it's so funny. He's like, well, I've been found not guilty in court. Can I come back to Hollywood? And everyone's like, no, <laughs> you stay in Europe. You stay right next to Roman Polanski where you deserve to be. We talked about this um, when he went to Oxford. Europe's looking for a new go-to pedophile actor slash director, and I think Roman Polanski's long done at this point. Uh, didn't get a good showing at cons, so I think Kevin Spacey will take over. We'll see. This story is not fucking over. It is. Yeah, Kranz needs like a pedophile to shot out occasionally. Polanski's uh, he's an old man now. He's he's had his time. I forget his Kevin Spacey's because he's done like a a world tour as of like he was on like Italy two years ago or something. Filming that fucking Franco Nero movie, and yeah, now he's here giving fucking um speeches to to Oxford guys, our, our future prime ministers right there. Yeah. Um. Also, the film he has uh, Peter Five Eight, which actually got a distribution deal. It'll be out this March. We may do an episode Fuck yeah. that if it's any wing worth. Uh. That's the one. Uh, for those I've always said, look up this picture. It is <laughs> bloated. He has a sniper rifle. Uh, it's been it's been rough. I like to think he's aiming at Anthony Rapp there off screen. <laughs> Anthony Rapp, for the love of God, stay in your house and hire security.
I don't know. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh my god. But yeah, that's the the story of Kevin Spacey is it's not as overtly disturbing as other stuff we've done, but I mean it's disturbing, but it's a much more like how Hollywood just kinda lets these guys have free reign until all the shit comes out. Like we've talked about this before, but Spacey was an open secret for decades. You got that fucking family guy joke. Help! I've escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement! Help me! I'm, I'm, I'm fucking Seth MacFarlane's joking about you in the early 2000s, and yeah, everyone knows. curious about the Tom Cruise gay jokes you made now, so I need to look in the mm. be my answer. Oh uh, boy, yeah, talking about a fucking compliment there, you good old uh, uh, yeah, Church of Scientology. What, what are your final thoughts? What are your final thoughts on Kevin Spacey? <laughs> do, do we recommend Kevin Spacey or not? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, some of his movies, sure. Um, the Elric Seven is good. Um, uh, I, I, was, the I was saying more like, what is your opinion of the man as a whole? Like, uh, great actor, uh, awful person. Even though, even though like half his gigs, he's essentially just playing himself. The Homelander guy. Apparently, he is just playing himself, playing Homelander, which is why he's so fucking good at it. So yeah, that's probably Kevin Spacey in half his roles. The guy who's played Homelander has been arrested a couple times for. Yeah, yeah, thinking he's Homelander. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's yeah. from New Zealand, so obviously, <laughs> I'm gonna chalk it up to that. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a knock on New Zealanders, but. I mean, you're close no, yeah. to Australia, <laughs> that shit rubs off. <laughs> if, if you're from New Zealand, you're either like Peter Jackson, Jolly, Fat Hobbit, or you're fucking uh, Anthony Starr. You're just a crazy person. Uh, but yeah, my theory is Kevin Spacey, just again, great actor, uh, absolute piece of shit human being. Uh, one of the more sinister people we've covered, I've, I'd argue, just in terms of raw... Yeah, the, the, just the fact that he's not, like, going down for any of this makes him, dare I say, worse than Jeffrey Epstein, because at least Epstein, like, went to jail for his shit. Paid for, paid for his crimes, be it... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he paid the ultimate price when, um, when Henry Quentin came into his cell when he was expected. Uh, yeah, that's the story of a, one of the more infamous of the Hollywood pedophiles, um... Uh, for our next episode, uh, we're definitely going to take a break from the black pilling. This ended up being a lot more funny than I thought it would be, which is unfortunate. We're talking about yeah. awful shit, but I think at this point we're just so desensitized to the horror we've been spewing for the last <laughs> month and a month and a half of this. Every Christmas month, when we bring this out, so the next episode will probably be some like happy go lucky Christmas bullshit. But yeah, we're uh. We've had our uh, black pill fun until at least next year, so... Right, well, join us for whatever we plan to do, uh, but stay safe, stay happy, and stay the fuck away from Kevin Spacey. Final round. Fight! Sliced off his cock and balls with it. True story, and deliciously evil, don't you think? But I'm a giver and you're a taker, that's clear. Boy, when you stick it in... The man who, with one small utterance, one tiny ejaculation of sound, could make this company big with child. Voyeuristic as it might be, I've been watching you guys for a while. You should probably still eat your Girl Scout cookies with milk. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm willing to bet I'd even lay money that never in your life have you walked into a strip joint, walked up on the stage, grabbed the dancer, threw her down on the ground, and fucked her brains out right there in front of everybody. You can use the rest of the time to write your story or masturbate. I'd like to take an interest in my students.